Hi, thank you for joining us again today. If you've got your Bibles with you, I would like you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 to 11. What I want to speak of today is simply the treasure within your life and bring your focus not to what's happening externally as you experience things in everyday life, but rather in what God's doing internally in you through the life and the work of his spirit. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 5 to 11, it starts by announcing this incredible statement. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves, your servants for Jesus sake. And then in verse 6, he says, for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But then in verse 7, he begins to open up a really, really incredible thought. But we have this treasure now in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed now in our bodies or through our lives. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body or our mortal lives. A couple of points I want to pull out of what Paul is teaching here. When you read the chapter, uh, chapter four of Second Corinthians, he's speaking a lot about the light of the gospel that has come into our world and brought such change to us and those who hear about Christ through us. But there's a couple of statements that Paul makes that I think are really essential, incredible truths. And one of them is when he opens up with that statement, how God has caused his light to shine now in us. And let me just go over that verse again. It says, for God who said, let the light shine out of the darkness. He's now made his light shine in our hearts to give us light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. What Paul does is he brings us to the opening chapters of Genesis, that moment where we know that in the beginning of all things, God spoke. And when he spoke, things were created and came into being. One of the things that the Lord did was he released light into darkness. And when God released his light into darkness, darkness was dispelled, confounded. Light took over where darkness once was and light began to shine where there was formerly just darkness. But then Paul brings the comparison of what God did in the beginning of Genesis, in the beginning of time, to our experience as believers now. But he says, just as God in the beginning of time spoke and caused his light 
to ruin darkness at the very founding stages of creation. Now God has caused his light to shine in our hearts, revealing the plan of heaven, the face of Christ, who God is, not just in the world around us, but indeed the world within us. Light has come into our lives and exploded with the revival or the arrival of God now coming to live within us. It's not only a message, you see, about the light of the gospel coming into our life, but it's also the announcement of God himself becoming incarnate within us, that God would come to live within the life of the believer and make our life his residence. Remember when Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, he said, don't you know that your lives are now the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit? Not a spirit, but God's Holy Spirit, the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ has come in to our lives that were once lives filled with darkness and broken the power of darkness, but we now have the light of who he is, not just around us in our consciousness because of the gospel, but within us because of the indwelling of God's very own spirit now living in us. Again, Many times Paul refers to this in his teachings, one key time being Galatians 2.20, where Paul, Paul announces that I have been crucified with Christ. But then he says, and I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. Just as light broke into darkness at the beginning of creation, at those days when God made everything out of nothing. So now God has caused his light, the light of his presence, the light of his very own spirit to come into our lives that were formerly lives of darkness, to break the power of darkness, that now there would be the shining of his presence within us. I love those thoughts, don't you? It's a wonderful reality that the light of God's presence is now alive and active within our everyday lives. But it's this second thought that I really want to bring our attention to today. And it's where he references our lives to be compared to jars of clay. I love it that in this teaching that he provides, he highlights the ongoing relationship and corresponding existence of two very real parts of who a believer is. Let's look at these verses again. But we have now this treasure, the life of God, in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is now from God and not from us, that we can truly understand that indeed, like Paul, we can do all things now because Christ now lives in us. Though our bodies may be comparable to jars of clay, 
Paul is bringing our attention to the content within our life. That now that we're born again, our lives have come alive on the inside to God and Christ now lives in us. Then he continues on to say, though we may be hard pressed on the outside of who we are, we remain fully alive, victorious, overcomers on the inside of who we are in Christ. Other translations use other terminologies than jars of clay. I think of the Amplified Version or the New King James. And instead of saying in these, these jars of clay or these clay jars, it says these earthen vessels. But both portray the same essential truth, that we now in our earthly or fleshly lives have God, the treasure of heaven, his spirit, the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ, now living and contained within the earthly of who we are. Now, these are very, very um, important things to understand. Two very real corresponding elements to a person's new creation life. It mentions two things, doesn't it? The container and the treasure. Firstly, it mentions the container, the earthen vessel, the jar of clay. That represents the natural body of who we are, the life that we're living. But then Paul mentions the treasure contained now within us and what he's speaking of when he speaks of the treasure is the life of the risen Christ now alive and active in us now the earthen vessel let's stop there for a moment and talk about the earthen vessel when Paul speaks about the jar of clay the earthen vessel he's speaking about the element of our life that we can often be more familiar with because it's what we see in the mirror. But also it's what we've lived with from our first memories of what life was. And when we speak about the earthen vessel, number one, we speak about the flesh of who we are, the skin suit, the container, the vehicle that carries us around. That would be certainly what Paul was speaking of when he spoke of containing treasure in earthen vessels. We know that we often would hear at a funeral from the earth we came and from the earth we return. But truly our physical bodies, that part of who we are in that Trinity experience of life we now have as new creations, being a body, being a soul and being a spirit, being a spirit that lives in a body and has a soul. We understand that the earthen vessel the clay, the dust of who we are, could be compared very much to our physical bodies. But also when the Bible recognises flesh, it also speaks of the soul or the self-life of who we are. That could be our emotions, our natural ability to process, our memories, our feelings. So flesh is comparable to our skin suit, the vehicle that we live within, but also to the soul or the soulish life of who we are. Now, Paul also encourages us in the book of Romans, chapter 7 and verse 18, that in the flesh of who we are, there is no good thing. Within 
the soulishness, within the soulish reasoning, within the way that we could be led by emotions and feelings, there's really no good thing. But yet within the spirit of who we are is everything that we need for for life and godliness. So we understand that Paul is revealing two essential elements. The jar of clay, the earthen vessel made up of our skin, our soulish way of living. But then he brings our attention to what's happening beneath the epidermis of who we are to that or him who is now contained or lives within. I believe that this is what Paul is referring to when he speaks about the treasure that now is present within the earthen vessel of who we are. And in many ways, Paul is saying to us, as he was saying to the Corinthians, don't be so conscious of the physical you. Be conscious, especially in troubled times, of the spiritual you. Don't place your confidence and reliance on what you see in the mirror or how you feel in the soul of who you are, but rather place your confidence in the leading and the voice of the spirit of Jesus Christ, who has now made your spirit alive again, able to be led by him from the inside of who you are. One way of looking at this, I remember Pastor Colin used to put it this way. Your spirit is now the deep or your spirit is the deep innermost part of your being, which when you were born again, was brought to life by the spirit of God who came to live inside of you. So when we speak about your spirit, We're talking about that part of you that came alive to God when God breathed life into it and came to live and dwell within it. Now, Paul encourages us in these verses to be content minded, not to be obsessed, driven, led by soulish feelings, emotions, how we feel and how we look in the container of who we are, rather to be conscious of that which happens beneath the epidermis of our life, that which is happening in that deep part of who we are, the spirit of who we are now connected and alive to God. And again, I believe that this is a very, very important thing for us to be remembering in times that seem so troubled. But then the third part that I want to pull out of this verse is he begins to unpack the effect of external things that are happening to the earthen vessel of who we are and the result of things happening to the external of who we are, the jar of clay, on the treasure or the spirit that now lives within us in Christ. Now, this is really interesting. 
because he makes this statement. We are hard pressed or we may be hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now the vessel of who we are, the jar of clay, the earthen vessel, is one thing that can be affected by things happening to it from the outside in. Yet the spirit of who we are, the spirit of the risen Christ, now living in within us and united with our spirit that he caused to come alive when we were born again, remains unaffected by external things happening, providing for us the strength, the wisdom, and the ability and capacity to keep on running when others don't. Now, I heard a great message recently concerning this passage of Scripture. And the gentleman spoke about having the comma where it needs to be, not a full stop. But he recognised that certain things can happen to us. There's moments in life where we can feel hard-pressed, but we don't put a full stop there and say, I'm hard pressed. Rather, we put a comma there and say, I may be hard pressed on every side. That's what it feels like in the jar of clay of who I am. But I'm not crushed because of the treasure within the earthen vessel. I may be perplexed, but I'm not in despair. You see, many people may read that and say, well, I'm perplexed. And what they've done is they've placed a full stop to make that the testimony or the declaration or the confession of their life. Yet Paul was saying perplexed, but yet not in despair. Why? Because of what the treasure within was providing in that moment. Oh, I may be persecuted. Jesus said that persecution would come to those who followed him, who stood for righteousness. But just because I'm being persecuted on the outside, inside, I'm not abandoned because of what the voice and the life of Christ is within me. Externally, I may be struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Why? Because my life is more than an earthen vessel, a jar of clay. Once upon a time, that's all I was. I was just flesh made of skin and bones, led by a soul, having nothing outside of my own emotions, wisdom and ability to guide my own life. But that's not who I am now. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's no longer who you are. You see, God has caused his light to shine in the darkness, in the emptiness of who you once were, just as he did in those opening moments of creation. Light has come from heaven and moved into your life. But though you remain a jar of clay, you also now contain the treasure of heaven. What Paul is trying to get us to do is put our confidence in the treasure within the spirit 
of who we are, which is Christ now living in us, no longer placing our confidence or how we feel on the things that are happening to the container of who we are. Hope that makes sense today. Now, optimistically speaking, situations that happen outside of us or that affect the earthen vessel of who we are are actually opportunities to experience and reveal the life of Christ that is now present within our lives. Again, if we're not spiritually minded and we live with this corrupted understanding that we're no different to what we were before Christ saved us, then we'll have this expression of life that life is down to us. There are no other options than the way that we feel. Yet when we begin to understand the teachings of Paul, that everything changed when we were born again, that the God who created heaven and earth came to live in the building of our life, the earthen vessel of who we are, and he now dwells within us. Suddenly we have the opportunity in moments of challenge where we feel struck down, able to be perplexed, hard pressed on every side. A moment where Christ inside of us the living Jesus now alive in us can express who he is both in us and through us. Let's listen to how Paul finishes what he's teaching in these chapters. He says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies or our earthen vessels for we who are alive are always being given over to death-like situations for Jesus sake so that his life may now also be revealed in and through our mortal bodies mortal bodies that's just another way of saying our earthen vessels, the jar of clay of who we are naturally. Another way that I saw this put was in a, a translation, I believe it was the Living Bible, where it says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do. Quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God never forsakes us oh we may be knocked down but we're never knocked out I want to encourage you today to do what Paul is encouraging us to do understand that there's two elements to who you are now there's an earthen vessel of who you are a jar of clay made of Dust, from dust we came, from dust we will, to dust we will return. But also now within that dust, within this jar of clay, God's spirit 
now resides to be everything we need in challenging times, to be the peace that we need in the storm, the ability to get up when we're knocked down. I want to encourage you today to be treasure conscious, to think about the life of God's spirit alive in you, not just the physical frame of who you are, that you daily see in the mirror. A good analogy would be the design of a submarine. And let me just close with this analogy. The people that designed a submarine had a problem that when they tried to bring a ship that was meant to sail underwater, when they brought that ship underwater, the pressure of the water around it began to crush it. And so it couldn't go deep because the pressure outside of it would crush it like a tin can. So what they did in designing a submarine was simply increase the pressure within the submarine pushing out to be greater than the pressure outside of the submarine pushing in. You see, when the pressure of what was in the submarine pushing out was greater than that pushing in, nothing or no depth that the submarine went to would cause it to fold up like an aluminium can. We need to understand that that's the design of God also for us. That we may be earthen vessels. We may experience external pressure that could have crushed us in who we were before we welcomed Jesus to live in us. But those things, even though they can cause pressure on our life, cannot crush us when we're allowing the life of the treasure, God's spirit now in us, to be a greater force pushing out than that which is pushing in. In these times that seem so troubled, so confusing, so much stuff going on that's called unprecedented, Listen, we're not to be a people that fold up or crumple because of fear, worry or pressure. Rather, we're to be the people that stand up to be God's light in dark times. How do we do that? By concentrating on the treasure and the content of who we are, not just the external container. I hope this has given you something to think about today. The Lord bless you. I pray you have an amazing week. God bless.